This is John Walton, and you're listening to the Power Play Point Podcast with the Blue Lighter on Point and Anna Knox. Here's Wilson, and on the right side, Welcome once again to the Power Play Point Podcast. This is your host, the Blue Liner on Point, talking to you live to tape from downtown Glen Burnie, Maryland, where the uh, sun's starting to set. Starting a little earlier this evening. It's uh, a little after quarter after four this uh, Sunday evening, December the 4th, that we're talking to you this evening. And it's another week of Caps Hockey, uh, kind of an even or uneven week, depending on how you want to look at it. And, uh, well, we're at the quarter pole and that's, uh, we're going to, it's time to do some self-reflection on the team. And, uh, so that's where, that's what we're going to focus on after we cover this week's worth of games. So the mermaid is out for the next two weeks, as we said. So we're going to have a couple guests on for the next, next couple weeks. So, uh, with us this week to help us out from the sudden death podcast, I uh, hope I got that right. Is uh, Jacob Michael? He's been on with us before. Jake, how you doing? Doing well. How about yourself? Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, so, uh, understand. Uh, yeah, you started that new podcast. Uh, before we get into everything else, uh, give us a shout about that. Uh, plug that up for us. Uh, yeah. So it's the uh, Sudden Death Sports Podcast. Uh, me and my co-host Nick. Uh, we try to do a recording every week. Um, Focus is mostly on NHL, but we dive a lot into the NFL as well. Um, if there's any sports bettors out there listening, he actually is a co-runner of the ESB Sports Bets Company, and we'll do picks. And I've made a lot of money with him. You guys should check us out and try to make some too. Awesome, awesome. Um, may have to. Uh, I don't want to get too much into that, but uh, yeah, may have to take you take you up on that. Um, course uh uh in maryland here uh, they've uh, finally opened up the doors in the last couple weeks uh on uh, uh online sports betting so uh yeah that's uh well, sounds pretty good uh so uh, when uh, are you guys uh is that is that a a weekly podcast you got uh, how uh, how how can we uh turn that on how can we get to that so the ideal goal is to be weekly um we're still kind of going over the scheduling um between his other endeavors and what I've got going on. We try to do recordings every Sunday evening after the NFL's wrapped up. I think tonight we're actually going to be doing a live recording during the uh, Cowboys Colts game, kind of going over that and then mm-hmm. going over the NFL landscape and also touching. Uh, we did a quarterly wrap up on the NHL on last week's podcast. So uh, this week, I think we're probably going to focus more um excuse me in our nhl coverage on ovechkin's 1300th game and just some of the numbers that he's put up this week will probably be more of a reflective episode and also the college football playoffs just came out today so we'll be going over that and diving into that as well 
Awesome. Sound all sounds good. All sounds good. So, uh, yeah, we'll be, uh, so, uh, this, this, your, uh, this being your first, uh, you know, starting out with that kind of the maiden voyage of that, we'll be sure to put a, a link to that um, on the on the show notes. So always good to collaborate with fellow Caps fans that have uh, their own side projects. So uh, good to see that uh, you got that up and running. Um, all right. So the plan for this episode is, as I mentioned, is to go over the three games. Now, our feature game will be the one that took place. This past, I believe, was Thursday, Thursday, uh, first of the month against the Kraken over Climate Climate Pledge Arena. And that was, of course, the overtime loss. So we're going to go through the first game that uh, took place Tuesday in Vancouver against the Canucks. Uh, kind of got breeze through this. It, yes, it was a win. Yes, a lot of good things happened. But I'm going to draw a line through this game because... Vancouver, unfortunately, is having a lot of struggles this this year. They didn't start their number one goalie. I'm not. That's not to diminish, of course, what happened in the game. Of course, Ovechkin got two goals and and broke another record. But you know, Vancouver is just a different animal. They're not representative, I think, certainly of a top tier team or a team that is going to, you know, blow off any doors. So. It, it it was nice that they got the win, but you know it's 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 a it's a lower tier team, and yeah, I want to at the end of the day, yes, they were supposed to get the two points in regulation against them. So, Ovechkin, as I said, they got he got two goals. Uh, Mantha got a goal in this game. Anthony Mantha's an uh, Ant Man sighting in this one, and Carlson and Ferravari finished. Ferravari got his first of the year in, in this one, uh, the empty netter to wrap it up. And Ovechkin, as I said, this is the one where he broke the uh, tied and then broke the uh, record for most individual goals on the road for a career. I forget the number. It's like 403, something like that. 404, 403. Yeah. Yep. 403 so, is the record breaker. Yep. So a uh, 5-1 win for the Caps in this one. Um, I, again, I don't want to treat it like a nothing to see here. But again, uh, Vancouver, not exactly representative of a team you want to compare yourself to. So we're just going to gloss through that one. And I'm going to skip the Seattle game because that happened in the middle of the week. And then the most recent game was, of course, the one Calgary last night. And I think the uh, the NBC Sports Washington team made a good point where, well, the last meeting was about a week ago. And if you meet up with a team that you recently beat, they're going to want to, they're going to come after you next time, especially if it, the return match is, is recent. And well, it, it obviously showed that Calgary was a lot more ready to play this game than were the Caps. Uh, let's just briefly go over what happened. Basically, what happened was, well, Caps and uh, Flames traded goals in the first period. Uh, Mangiapane uh, put them ahead 2-1 early in the second. And then the, the second is where things kind of, I don't want to say all hell broke loose, but you had two players go out, uh, Ferravari and first and then Kemper. Uh, both are officially day-to-day, according to the team. Kemper had... Uh, I don't. Well, I don't know what he had. Um, he actually took himself out of the game. Um, now it's, it's worthy to note that it had nothing to do with concussion spotting. Nothing to do with that. So I, I'm not really sure what the official diagnosis is. Where it's an upper body, lower body. 
I really haven't heard, Jake, you might have heard, uh, but I haven't heard anything official as far as that diagnosis. Ferivari, on the other hand, um, well, kind of obvious what was wrong with him. Uh, he got crunched along the boards by Lu Milan Lucic, and he was holding his left arm like it was going to fall off and made it down the tunnel and never came back. And there were reports in the postgame where it, was he was seen holding his arm in a sling um, but officially right as of right now he's day to day have have you heard anything beyond all of that on the <clears throat> excuse me on the Ferrari uh injury I haven't um La Violette had his uh media time after, they didn't have a skate today but he did a media session at about one o'clock he didn't really elaborate. I think they're both still listed day to day. Uh, the only thing that I have seen would be on the camper front. And that is that Hunter Shepard, the goalie for Hershey, who was just having an amazing season for them down there. Um, it was made known that he was not available to the team today and that Zach Kukali would probably be their starter. So I can only you know, try to connect the dots and put two and two together and say that that's probably a call-up happening. But, um, and if that's the case, maybe it's just a game or two. Um, you know, obviously you want to have Kemper back if you can have him. But um, this injury field season just seems to keep going down that path. I mean, they can't escape the injury bug this year. Yeah, it's uh, fortunately or unfortunately, Caps have been lucky in that regard, at least until this year. And that's, yeah, that's, uh, hmm. I, unfortunately, looks like the, their luck's finally run out on, on them as far as that goes. Uh, now, I can't add to this. There is a report that the Bears have signed uh, someone to a PTO, a goalie to a PTO, uh, someone by the name of Justin Kappelmaster. Um, I've never, ever heard of this guy. Uh, but they've signed him to a PTO uh, contract, uh, evidently, to uh, fill in some holes. Um, I am a bit surprised that the Bears would allow a call-up of Hunter Shepard since he has been the better of the two goalies. Uh, you and I discussed this a little bit before we went on. Uh, Fukali obviously has league experience. Um, so in some sense, that it, it's the logical move to bring him up. But uh, Shepard is clearly having the better season. So if they allowed him to be called up, um, yeah, and and basically he'd be he would be riding riding the bench for however many games he probably wouldn't see the ice. So for for him to be called up just to serve as as a backup for however long a week or whatever it's going to be, and he's just going to miss all that time where he could be winning games for Hershey. I I, I kind of find that surprising, but. Uh, in in some sense, it's also logical given given the season that he had. He does deserve a shot at the big time, but I don't think you know you you, you made the point that uh, it, it doesn't seem like he would actually get any playing time if if it was him that they called up. So I I'm I don't know I'm I'm bewildered and surprised all at the same time at the, at that. But then again, it does make sense in some front. Um, but I, again, bad. Bad luck again on the injury front. Once again, uh, they just uh, Jake, you hit it on the head. They they cannot escape it this year for whatever reason, and now they're back in you know 
the other shoe dropping mode. Uh, you wonder what what the hell's going to happen next as far as that and and i think it's affecting their play but more on that in a in a bit um the not long after the injuries hit you know speaking of which uh, i think uh, the quality of play went down i think uh, not that the caps have been all that physical for the majority of the season but the quality of play definitely went over a cliff in this game and yeah, everything really started to fall apart after the third period because they weren't generating any offense. Uh, they had, well, okay, between in the last 40 minutes, they had as many shots in the two periods, well, less than, than they did in all of the first period. 15 shots in the first, a total of 14 in the second and third. And it just, they made Daniel Vladar's night very easy in that uh, they, they weren't, generating too many high danger chances and yeah everything just died and it was it was no good and then they have gave up the two goals in the 55 seconds and that was pretty much it and they were just not ready to play um i don't want to i sound like a broken record um ann and i have talked about this to death but it was yet another example of the Washington Capitals refusing to put together a 60-minute game to their detriment, to their peril, and you see what happened. And yeah, that's, well, this is what you get when you don't put out the effort in when when you need to for the whole 60 plus minutes. This is what you get, and you know, story we've told about a thousand times. So, I, I, you know, typical. Unfortunately, it's been the typical capped result lately. So, not going to get into that too much. Now, the game we are going to focus on is the one that occurred this past Thursday in Seattle. As we already mentioned, that was against the Kraken. Um, this was a game where the Caps came out really good. Well, you could also argue that the effort wasn't quite there, but unlike the other game, this they were at least playing well enough so that they could have eked out the win. Uh, let's briefly go over the, the scoring summary. So uh, Faravari, who was having a pretty good week up until he got hurt, uh, opened the scoring in the first 736 um, slapper with Ovechkin and Sherry on the assists. And Connor Sherry got a goal of his own on the power play, 14-04. Johansson Ovechkin on the assist on that one bring, brings them up 2-0 for the game. Jaden Schwartz on the power play for the Kraken at 13-28. Vince Dunn and uh, ex-cap Andre Burakovsky with the assist on that. Burakovsky really lighting it up this year. Uh, I think he's finally found a home in Seattle. Of course, uh, he was on the cup-winning team in uh, – Colorado last year. Uh, Yanni Gord would tie it uh, in the third, and uh, the Kraken really, really, really started to ramp it up in in the third period. And uh, I, unfortunately, I think the Caps just weren't matching their intensity. Although they got twelve shots on goal in that period to the Kraken's ten, but the, you could tell that the the Kraken were really, really hungry to tie it up and they, they really ramped up their efforts, getting a lot of close in chances um, in the game, forcing a lot of, uh, you know, high danger saves from Darcy Kemper. And yeah, uh, you could tell they were eventually going to get the goal. So Gord ties it. Daniel Sprong, another X cap and Vince Dunn with the assists on that one with the backhander. And then uh, Jake, I'm going to need your help on this one. You, you used to play mm. defense. You used to play defense, right? 
I played defense my first two, three, three seasons and then moved up the left wing. Okay, so help me out on this one. I, I don't know. I'm sure you saw it, but that, that overtime goal, was there anything John Carlson could have done, any way he could have played that any better, or was this on him at all? No, it's not on him. It's not on him at all. They What really irritated me as a forward about that goal is that, A, at no point did they ever have established possession of the puck, and B, why are there two Kraken back there with only one capital? It looked like off the draw, they were just kind of watch, puck watching. And then it left him out to dry. And, you know, obviously, Veneers gets a breakaway. And then that that's a guy you don't want to give a chance to either. Like, he, he's a really good young kid. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more with that. Um, there, Look, and again, I've said this a, a lot. I, I am not going to be, I'm not, I'm probably one of the last people that's going to defend John Carlson. But yet again, uh, here's a play where I don't think you can fault him at all because number one, it was a botched faceoff win by Lars Eller. What, what did he expect Carlson to do when you put it up in the air? It's immediately handcuffed him. What's worse is just like you said, the two forwards for the Kraken were immediately on him. And there was nothing he could do, nowhere he could go. He had no chance to corral the puck, do anything with the puck. And he got absolutely no help whatsoever. I don't even, I can't remember who the third skater was, but I I don't know what Eller did, if anything, after he won the faceoff, but he certainly wasn't helping out any. And it it was, it was all she wrote. It was, it was, uh, I think it was a, Either uh, I can't remember um, Sprong or Gord, uh, and then of course uh, Maddie Maddie Berniers, who, who you're talking about, uh, ended up with the puck after that brief scrum, and and he broke in on Kemper all alone, and and he just put it away, and it all took seven seconds, and yeah, it was yet another OT game that the Caps could have won but didn't win because they didn't want to win it. And they didn't come with that killer instinct, and it, it cost them yet again. They could have had another standings point to keep them afloat, but they just did not come at it with the right attitude, and it was just a, a botched face-off win that again Carlson had could have he had, couldn't do he couldn't do anything with it. There nothing. So I, I look, we're we're all hard on Carlson. He's not exactly the best defensive defenseman, but there was zero he could do about it, and. You know, you're going to be we, we want to be better fans. So we got to look at it from a, a truthful, knowledgeable angle. There was zero he could do. And he he did his absolute best. You know, he, he's been doing what he's been doing, which is controlling the puck and, and chipping in the odd assist and goal. Uh, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but but he's actually been over the course of the last two weeks, probably one of their better defenders better players overall, at least. I, so. I will I will go with you on players overall. I won't go with you on better defenders. Look, well, he's, still, yeah. he's still, I think, the numbers came out this week, and I think he ranked 144th out of like 155 defensemen that registered in giving up high-danger opportunities. So, like, the defense is still almost non-existent. 
But in this particular instance, I think he actually did what you're supposed to do in that situation. It's open ice, so it's not like you have the boards to tie or slow down the play. He tied up two guys for a good two seconds. You know, in that situation, you have to have a forward that's coming back to help you. If you don't have that, then you're going to end up in the situation that they ended up in. I mean, it's basically like he just got ganged up on. And like you said, he could not have played that any better. And I don't want to really dive too far into this, but my other issue with that goal is the lineup they put out. Why the hell is Lars Eller taking that face off? It's you got not me. Like you actually, it's not like you you just gave up a third period lead again. You need standings points. You need your best players on the ice. And especially to start the period. Now, if it's situational, penalty kill, something like that, okay, I understand. I'm not going to make that big of a fuss about it. But it, it just seemed like a very questionable lineup decision to me. And it's, I've been seeing quite a few of those recently, which is unnerving. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss the, the, um, the, the overall coaching situation when we get to our uh, quarter poll evaluation. But, uh, yeah, uh, no, you got me as far as why Eller was the one out there. Um, unless, uh, un- unfortunately for the life of me, I-, I can't remember. Maybe maybe uh, the number one line was out there to end the game, and the idea was to, to rest them. Maybe that was it. That's the only explanation I can come up with. Uh, but e- even so, I, you know, it, you have to win that opening faceoff. So you've got two guys on there that have a much better chance overall of, of doing that in Nick Dowd and Kuznetsov. So put Dowd out there at least. Let him win the faceoff. Let Carlson or whoever's playing back take it take it back behind the net. Get Dowd off. Get your number one center back on or, or another forward back on, however you want to do it. It's not hard. It's not rocket freaking science. But yeah, I for the life of me, you know, you're you're right. Why why is Lars Eller of all people out there? He's he's not the greatest skater, and with all that open ice and overtime, you need speed, you need movement, you need quickness, and none yep. of those describe. Or, or at least if you don't have any of that, you need a guy that can, knows how to hang on the puck, and that, that's at least Carlson. So I don't know. It, it, none, none of that made any sense to me whatsoever. Uh, and, and another key to this game was, um, like you were talking about when we were, uh, we were talking before we went on, uh, Grubauer played uh, pretty well. I, he's having one hell of a bounce-back season, it, it should be said. Uh, last year he was – hmm. He was uh, pretty bad, uh, and that's putting it politely. Um, but uh, he's he's having a much better season this year, and I think that's that's the key to the Kraken being you know presto changeo a uh, contender all of a sudden this year, uh, or one of those one of those keys anyway. Uh, and they've also got a, a lot of young legs, a lot of guy with with hands, and Burakovsky starting to come into his own. Uh, Sprong's you know playing a lot better. Uh, a, a lot of guys are playing. Vin, Vince Dunn is, is I think is probably probably one of the most underrated defensemen in the league. Uh, he's having he's having a decent season. Um, and Do they still yeah. Have 
What's that? Do they still have Eberle? Uh, Jordan Eberle. Good question. I am going to look up the lineup. Yes, he. they still have him. He was a minus one in this game. And he got about well. He got fourteen fifty five. Uh, so yeah, he's he's still an up and comer, although he didn't really show up on the score sheet this game. But uh, check his season stats real quick. Uh, he's not having too bad a year. Six sixteen and twenty two and twenty four games plus three overall. Not not too shabby. So no, and uh, he had a year last year as well. Yeah, yeah, he was he was pretty good for him. Probably one of the their best players last year. Um, Ryan Donato, uh, a good underrated center, good bottom six center uh, for them. So, uh, you know, word of warning: you know, not to be this. This is not to be a team that you take lightly just because it's their second year. They're they are legit. But that's enough about uh, uh, about that opponent. Um, even though that that might be that might be someone a team that the Caps want to model against. Um, let, let's just get to the guts of it. They're the Caps. The knock on them is that they're older and slower and well that's you know well there are no two ways about it it's it's the truth they need to they needed to have started something of a retool or rebuild or whatever the hell you want to call it as recently as as last year maybe even before that and well we're we're one quarter of the way into the season and uh, it's it's time to start getting realistic on on what we can expect but at the same time, I'm not ready to throw in the towel on the season completely. Now, now no. there are some there are some of you out there who are, and shame on you, frankly, for for even entertaining those thoughts. Because, I, I mean, come on, we 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 live in we live in a reality where, as recently as three years ago, there was a team that was dead last at the beginning at the turn of the the, the new year. And came back to win it. Yep, came back to win it all in 2019, and that is still within the realm of possibility. Anything is is always possible. And when the Caps play their game and they are well reasonably healthy, I don't think there's a team that they match up, you know, unfavorably against. I think they can compete as long as they commit to a 60 minute game and and play their game. Now what's the thing that I've said all year? This team has lacked an identity and I'll explain myself uh, again. There is they go out there, they don't play with any sort of intent to win and that's because they're missing their physical element now even more so with Dmitry Orlov gone. Um so the key is going to be when both Orlov and Tom Wilson come back, you are going to start to see the real Capitals team. Now, Orlov's status, um, as far as I understand it, is that he's going to be out at least one more game. So I understand it. I haven't heard anything official, but he will probably um, miss Monday's game against Edmonton at the very least, and we'll see then. Uh, God, I can't remember his name. The Cats report, Tariq. Tarek El Bashir. Yes, 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 yes. He uh he noted today I saw on his Twitter that Orlov skated with the scratches, but it sounds like he's going to miss the Edmonton game. Yeah, Orlov. Orlov's 
Orlov's been skating in, in practice for at least the last week and a half, which has frustrated the crap out of me because if he's if he's skating with them, then he should be ready, but apparently he's well, not. He had a setback in one of those practices, I believe. I think there was some sort of collision towards the end of practice. Yeah, he and Alexia crashed into each other towards the end of practice, and that, that kind of, uh, yeah, that, that set him back a ways. But it is a positive sign that he's still traveling with the team. So it, if if he wasn't on this road trip, you can make the case that, oh, well, he might not be back for a little bit. But the fact that he's traveling with the team, he's not staying in D.C. to be with the trainers and the medical staff, that that's a really good sign. Yeah, and between you and me, uh, and w- w- look, I, I don't want to waste too much time uh, about this. Uh, you and I have gone <laughs> back and forth uh, a lot about him uh, whenever we've had you on, but I'm I'm pleasantly surprised that uh, T.J. Oshie, and I'm knocking on my wood desk here, uh, has come back, uh, well, was able to come back relatively as quickly as he did, even though he missed a dozen games. I, I thought he'd be out for much, much longer. And it doesn't look like he was. They rushed him, so it looks like he's well, as close to one hundred percent as we can expect for the time being. So as as long as he's in the lineup, then the offense has much more of a shot. Certainly, the power play has much more of a shot to produce as long as he's in the lineup. He's definitely made a difference. But yeah, he the the key is going to be whenever Tom Wilson comes back, and I've heard anything from one week to next month to the All Star break. So you tell me, you know, take your pick when the hell he's supposed to come back because I don't know. Um, but whenever you've got your your best hitter and your best power forward in the lineup, then you're going to see the real Capitals play. I just hope. By then, it's not, you know, too many games haven't gone by at that point. Um, You've got a lot of – now, the Caps – let me wind the schedule back a bit. Uh, The schedule hasn't been very kind. There's already been two long road trips. Of course, the Caps started the year um, with with a back-to-back, and they've had a lot of back-to-backs. And um, they've had one one long road stretch, but two long road trips. So the schedule hasn't been nice to them. Maybe it will start to even out. There's a break coming up in both January and the All-Star break coming up in February. So maybe they'll start to gel then so to provide something of a forecast. But, yeah, hopefully by then you'll you'll see those two guys. And, and again, I'm I'm trying to offer some hope here to you out there on the other side of the speakers, the earbuds, what have you, that you shouldn't give up on this team. The guys, no less than the, the, the on-air crew at, on, at TNT, all those guys, they all said the same thing. Don't count out this team until the the main lineup comes back. And, of course, we don't know when Backstrom's coming back, that he might not he might not make it back till the end of the year. But uh, we're talking about, you know, mainly at this point, Orlov and Wilson. And uh, maybe, maybe even uh, Beck Malenstein. Um, and uh, although I, I, I wouldn't, I, I don't really have a problem with the bottom six. Uh, you might have a different opinion on that, Jake. But uh, that, that's, that's how I take it. Now that 
we haven't really seen the real cap, so I, I don't want to give a complete evaluation other than, well, if they had they put out a 60-minute effort in some games, that could be the difference between the two to five standings points more that they would have. They'd be probably be a lot closer to a wild card spot right now. Uh, but that's that's water under the bridge. Well, and, and it's like you said, too, when you were talking about people who were throwing the towel in, you said shame on them. You're absolutely right. Shame on them. Because, you, you know, you bring up the schedule. I went to see them on the uh, Halloween game in Raleigh against the Hurricanes. They didn't have John Carlson. They didn't have Dimitri Orlov. They didn't have TJ Oshie. They're missing basically half their lineup. They take that team to a shootout. And then that was the first night of a back-to-back in which they had to travel again back to D.C. against arguably the best team in the West this year, Vegas. They got points in both of those games. So it's not like like they're – and see, look, here's the thing, too. You just mentioned the difference between two to five uh, standings points. They have 24 points right now. The final wild card spot in the East belongs to, and this is crazy to even think about, last year's President's Trophy winners, the Florida Panthers, at 28 points. They're only four points behind the playoff spot right now. That's two games that they're out. And uh, there's been times at this year where they've had over $40 million on the IR. So it's like... A, yes, I understand. And look, I think it just goes to show how spoiled we've been as a fan base over the last 15 or so years. But, uh, like, I'm totally with you. It's not It's not time to tank. It's not time to throw in the towel. Look, and here's the thing. This draft class is so deep that even if you do miss the playoffs and end up with, like, a 13th or 14th pick, there's a lot of value in that pick. So, like, I, I – I understand that we want to see the team win, and I understand we want to see the team succeed, but I think they're in a really good spot, even even though the record doesn't necessarily show that. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I couldn't have said it better myself. You know, there's there's no there's no there's no reason to to throw away not with this many games left, not when literally anything <laughs> can happen. You know, and look if 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 Tampa Bay for example, can can miss several key players, still make the not only make the playoffs but contend for a cup. Now, some of you, some of you might be, you know, throwing stuff at the, you know, throwing your iPod across the room or whatever, your phone across the room, listening to this, saying bad example. It's not the same example. Well, maybe it is, and maybe it isn't. But the fact is, the teams that get their injury problems out of the way early enough tend to bounce back late in the season. And if there are enough quality, then they make a splash come the playoffs. They, they tend to. History shows that. So, look, I'm not promising that's going to happen. But I think once you get that, the regular lineup and that chemistry back, that, well, okay, I'm going to say that's supposed to be what happens. But, that's not to say at the same time they don't have they don't have their issues. Uh, now there have been others that say that the coaching staff has refused to adapt their overall plan to the lineup that we've got, and I would say that they have they definitely have an argument because yeah, unfortunately no, we don't have we don't have that physical presence, and 
we don't exactly have the most mobile defenseman to play the pinch game that is required in uh, in uh, Kevin McCarthy and Laviolette's overall plan. Now, Nick Jensen is good at open ice. I wouldn't call him the best skater, though. But no. he's you force a guy like that to pinch in and then draw back as soon as the puck starts going the other way. What in the and the forwards don't check? What the hell do you think is going to happen? And yeah, it's no. stuff like that that happens in a game that can lose games for you. And I, I think it's high time the coaching staff tweaks their overall plan a little bit to prevent that. Well, yeah. Well, the main thing that they have to do is they have to start getting better at creating high-risk opportunities in the net. I think it, through 26 games, they have 71 goals for. That's 23rd in the league. That's 12th in the East. So that, I mean, that's not going to cut it. And the reality of the matter is when they score at least three goals in a game, their record is 10-1-1. Anytime they've scored less than three goals, they're 0-11-3. So it's a matter of putting the puck in the net. It's a matter of creating these opportunities. You know, you brought up the – the game the other night where they had more shots in the first period than the last two combined. That's part of the problem. Like you have to put the puck in the net and you know, you and I spoke about this a little bit before and he, you're right. He's not having a terrible season with his stat line. This is, especially with the injuries, this is where you need a Kuznetsov. I'm sorry, but in 26 games, he's only scored in two of them. That just that one player having a few extra goals could be the difference. Like I said, it's only four points that's separating them, and you see the difference in their record with just one goal between two goals and three goals. How vastly different their record is. If you have him finding the net a little bit more, and and let's also say I think he's been a little bit more of a pass first player this year, but he also has a shot percentage below six percent. And that it's actually the worst shot percentage of his career for a full season. So it, it's just a couple little things that they can tweak and improve upon. Because, listen, I'm with you. I don't think anybody expected anything out of the defense this year. And I think you would have been foolish to to begin with. But it, the offense has been a lot slower than it needs to be. And I think if they can just figure out a way to get that extra goal. You scored two in the first period against Seattle. You should at least leave that building with four, including an empty netter. So just a couple of things they can just tweak, figure out, and get around, I, I think they'll be fine. Now, do I think they're going to contend for a cup? I, not really, but I do think that they would be what they have been the last few seasons, and that's a perennial playoff team. Whether they get it out of the first round or not is a different story. All true, all very true. And uh, so building on that point, and I've, I've mentioned this before, I don't, wait, wait, you played the game. I mean, you might be able to explain it, but when there's, I don't know if it, it's because they've been hit so badly, so hard with injuries this year, but 
and and you know what it's it's easy to say that that maybe it's because they don't have that physical presence from an Orlov or a uh, a, a Tom Wilson or in in longer stretches a TJ Oshie, but they just don't seem to have that killer instinct to charge the net. They don't seem to want to make that difficult, make life difficult for the opposing goalie by putting a body in front of the net. Everything is, seems to me like a, you know, a perimeter game. They get, they get the hundred and, you know, they, they get the 140 feet into the zone and then they hang back. It's almost like they're afraid to turn it over. They're afraid to shoot and they're afraid to crash the net. And they, they do just enough to create one chance. And it's, I heard, I think I heard Alan may or or somebody from the broadcast crew say one and done for the offense every time they gain the zone. And that's exactly what happens. They gain the zone one shot on goal and they're done. It's infuriating to watch. Oh, it is terrible. It, so. Like, but like you know, like you said, um, from a player standpoint, and I don't want to go, you know, too heavy into this or make like speculations with the coaching staff because we've kind of already discussed that. But the, the chemistry issue is real. I, I mean, especially with the top two lines. You, how many lineup changes have they made throughout this season? I, I don't know if they've had a three-game stretch where they've kept the same pairings out. So, like, it, it's hard to build chemistry with guys that you don't normally play with, and it's even harder when it's basically a rotating door for who's going to be on your line or not. It seems like the only guarantees are that you're going to have Ovechkin on the first line, you're going to Ferris will between Strom and Kuznetsov on that center, and then it seems like the second line, it just – it lands where it lands and Mantha on the third line potentially. So I, I do think that they have some issues with building chemistry. But like I said, you know, if there's just a couple of things they can clean up, get a couple more pucks in the net, they're probably the seven or the eight seed right now. So and, – and let's not forget, this team did beat New Jersey – in New Jersey. Now, granted, it was Blackwood playing until the third period, but still, they put up six in that game. So, I mean, the pieces are there. They just have to make some tweaks and some adjustments to get it right. Absolutely. Um, I Look, and I, I'm kind of with you because, yeah, the, it, there's something to be said for, you know, get into the show and, and you know, you can do all kinds of damage. Well, you know, I mean, to be realistic, that may or may not happen. But the the goal is to just make it to the playoffs. This team can make it to the playoffs, even with the decimated lineup that they've got. They've got enough, just as you said, to be able to do that. But like you said, there's, there's no chemistry right now. And I'm not going to say it's all on the coaching, but a lot of games this team just does not look ready to play doesn't look like they've got the hunger and the desire so it might be i mean they have made a whole lot of moves to get some new players in we don't have time to you know evaluate all, all the new guys i do want to talk about one new guy who seems to be acclimating very well, although I do have a knock on his game. Um, 
So it, it, I think we talked about this last week. Uh, the Sonny Milano, um, and in his game, I think they've got him right now with uh, on the second line with Strom or Kuznetsov centering, and I forget and Oshi the opposite wing. That line needs to stay together. That line needs a chance to build some chemistry. Um, I will say this though: the one knock I have on Milano's game is, and I somebody else pointed this out, and I didn't really see it for myself until mm, recently. Um, his his back checking game could use a uh, quite a bit of work, but other than that, I, I like Milano's game overall. He he goes to the net a lot, and he he does what he can to get you know force the open pass. So I, I would like to see more of that second line get some time together. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've been praising him ever since he came over. Like, could the back check can be better? Yeah, but he's also – the type of player he is, he's an opportunistic player. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where he thrives. Uh, you see that with the uh, – I can't remember who it was against, but when he comes out of the penalty box and he gets a break, like that's where you're going to see him thrive more than anything. The new guy that I'm the most proud of, and I'm also proud of both yourself and I, because we called this before the season started and how important that this signing was strong. He's been fantastic this year. I won't argue that, except uh, I think he's got a little, he, he's, he's definitely got room to improve as good as he is. And yeah, I will say this without him, Probably the offense doesn't even have as much jump as it has now. He definitely creates opportunity, and and he definitely proves has proven that he's belonged on on the power play. But I I still the knock I still have on him is that I think he's a little too tentative at times when he has the puck, and very much like Kuznetsov, he's often pass first when he's often by himself in front of the net he still he still tends to think pass first when he ought to be shooting um but that's that's not that's not a bad thing to have he doesn't have a bad shot i just think he needs to use it a lot more i think he needs to develop more of a killer instinct and uh, i'm probably going to open up a can of worms here but maybe just maybe Maybe this team needs to think shoot first a lot more, even when the captain is on the ice. And oh yeah, now I mean now now that the yeah the elephants in the room, let's just say it. You know, when 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 Ovi's out with them, obviously the thing is uh, oh he's got to get the record. Uh, let's let's dish it to him. And that I'm sorry that that's got to stop. And Maybe it's high time for something like a players-only meeting where he stands up and says, hey, look, you know, if you got a chance to score, just take it. Maybe it needs to come from him. I, I don't know. But I see what I see when this team gains the zone is five guys who want to pass the puck around and they're waiting for the perfect opportunity and it doesn't come. They put a half-hearted shot on net and the other team gets it, turn around, leave the zone every possession that's what you're going to see am i wrong or am i wrong oh i mean that that's factually exactly what they do 
and it's that's even been the case on the power play at times too i mean and, and granted i know when i was at the game there were a lot more injuries so they might have improved on this a little bit since then but they had no ability to establish possession in the attacking zone on the power play there were errant passes turnovers dumps and chases to which carolina would just get the puck and toss it back out so i i do think that they need to be better at puck control and as you mentioned you know just putting pucks on net you never know what's going to happen when you put the puck on the net it might bounce off a hill it might bounce off a stick it might deflect just put the puck on the net key operative words being on net and not you know take the shot from 60 feet away with somebody two feet in front of you so that it gets blocked that that all has to stop too so we've taken apart the forwards in the offensive game um got a little bit of time left uh let's kind of do some something of an evaluation of of the defense um now it's it's worth saying that um i I think we also this is something else we touched on before we went on air um all of the just about all of the starting six except one um their contracts are expiring after this year so it's it's worth beginning with that but even so you got what you got and well i mean i i'm 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 at a loss here i don't see i don't know other than a complete change of the game plan how how you can improve the, the the defense because I've, unfortunately, I think what I, what the coaching staff is trying to do is force a square peg through a round hole. I don't think this, this defense is suited to the game they want them to play. Um, and yet I'm, I'm seeing, well, okay, so I'm seeing, for example, a lot of bad habits creeping back in. His first year with the team, Nick Jensen, uh, what you would see a lot of him doing, uh, falling down face first to block a shot. And then uh, he'd be like, uh, you know, uh, grandma from the Life Alert commercial. I've fallen and I can't get up. And he'd lay on the ice and and go swimming for 20 seconds. His second year, he got a lot better. He was standing up. He was using his stick, using his body and, and winning puck battles. Now, this year, he's regressed into those bad habits again where he's flopping on the ice again and, you know, hope hoping he's going to block the shot or or the pass and that's i'm i'm I really hope he kind of you know, weans himself out of that because he's a lot better when he plays a stand-up game i can't believe i'm talking about a defenseman and not a goalie when i say that but he's a lot better when he he, he plays that way um orlov unfortunately um we haven't seen a whole lot i think we can get a more accurate read on how the defense goes if we saw him but he's been gone for so long um faravari he's been moving the puck a lot better um and creating scoring opportunities which is a plus but i think to his his game on the other side of the puck has been kind of suffered as because because of that um the, one of the new guys, Gustafson, um, he's Carlson light to me, and that's uh, being polite. Um, and and that's as concise as I can put it. Um, he'll have great games when he moves the puck, and he'll have really bad games. But, yeah, that's my evaluation of him. 
and everybody knows what I think of Carlson, but you know, the, the truth about him is he isn't, well, he probably isn't as bad as some make out, make him out to be myself included. Uh, and the truth about him even further is that he drives the offense. So, you know, he's love him or hate him. You, we, we got to keep him because, because of that simple fact. And, uh, you know, the others I haven't seen enough of Irwin, um, I haven't seen enough of him to make a complete evaluation. Uh, Alexei of two, um, but yeah, I, I I don't know. I I don't know what you can do to make the defense better. Uh, what, what do you think? I mean, I think it's an experimental thing, honestly, at this point, and I don't necessarily have a problem per se with Matt Irwin, but if Alexiev could go, he needs a roster spot. If uh, what's the other young guy's name? Oh, uh, Johansson. If he can go, Luke, Luke Johansson. Yeah. Yeah. You you know you know what Matt Irwin is. Like you know what you're gonna get. This is and I I could even make the case with Michael too. I really don't like the way that they're handling some of these young guys. I, I don't think they're gonna improve that much unless either they're a playing in Hershey or b playing in Washington. Like the healthy scratches from Michael to me was infuriating, but you know, it's with the injuries, like I said, it's experimental. Like you, you know what you've got and pretty much everyone that's there except Ferrari, is he going to continue to improve? What, what is his game going to look like? But everyone else, you know what you have. And like I said earlier, no one really expected much out of the defense this year. So I, me personally, I think with you bringing up the uh, expiring contracts after this year, I think you just need to revitalize that entire blue line. So that begs the question, um, do they make a deal this year? Do they make a move this year to try and do that? Or do they just let everybody's wait till the end of the season, let everybody's contracts expire and then do your retooling then? Maybe no, hope that I don't, maybe maybe also hope that Alexiev and Johansson are both ready at that point. I, I don't think you're going to see them do much at the deadline. And uh, McClellan actually did a press conference earlier and just kind of discussed this. It, it look it's hard to make meaningful moves when you have so much money on IR, and you're going to have to figure out a way to reintegrate it. And then also the fact teams are not really going to want to give you that much for a guy who you're setting out as bait on an expiring contract when they can just wait until the end of the season and make an attempt to sign him and not have to give you anything. So on the defensive end, I don't really think you're going to see much happen this season. I think it's probably going to be more of an off-season thing that they have to address uh, and I, unfortunately, I, I think you're right. I think uh, as far as the the decor is there, you know, unless un, unless that perfect deal comes out of the blue, yeah, it's another case of you know, well, we got what we got, and that and that's it. Um, you know, and, and it was, I I don't know, maybe it was out of necessity, but uh, the forwards, you know, they they. That that all that all was more a lot more fluid. You didn't see as as much 
well, except obviously you're going to have to replace Justin Schultz. But you know, I, I don't think I, – I don't know. I, as, as much as I like Gustafson's game at times, I, I don't think his – well, we, we don't need – we didn't really need a, a Carlson clone, even uh, one that was, you know, a lighter version of that. We didn't really need that. I don't – I hope that what that wasn't what they were going for in this guy. But a, as good as he can be, especially on the special teams and what I've liked that he's done, I, I, I think that was, unfortunately, looking back, that was probably not such a good move. To, to bring him in, I would I would have liked to have seen. Uh, well, I had a guy in mind, but uh, there was no way they were going to get him. But I would like to have seen uh, a younger, faster defenseman, uh, you know, fill in that slot. But I don't know. I don't know what they what they were thinking um, as far as that goes by by picking him up. Um, so you yeah, and I might be thinking we might be thinking about the same defenseman that was in the free agency market. And if it's the guy who I'm about to say, he's going to be in the free agency market again this year. I think you and I are on the, on the same page. I would be willing to let every single defenseman on an expiring contract minus Dmitry Orlov walk. If you can give Alexiev and Johansson playing time and bring in Klingberg. Yep. You read my mind, John Klingberg. That, that's the guy I was thinking of, and that was the guy I was hoping they were they would have gone after last year. But yeah, uh, what, he signed for what seven million? And it was seven seven million for one year. Yeah. So yeah, it, you got two young guys. I, Alexiev and Johansson are still on rookie deals, right? Yeah, yeah, they are. So if you let Jensen, TVR, and Gustafson walk, you can probably afford him with Orlov, and you just have to integrate those two guys in. And I think that would be an improved defensive core over what they have. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Considering and Carlson as well. Yeah, I, I agree. So yeah, that would make that would make your top six uh, in no particular order: Ferrari and Carlson, uh, Orlov, and Klingberg. Uh, and Johansson and Alexeyev. Um, and yeah, I would, I would probably, say I would say that's a better that's a better six decor than what we've got now. I would probably split Alexeyev and Johansson up to begin with just to kind of get them, you know, get their feet wet. And then when they when they've both proven that they're standout NHL defenders, yeah, you can look at having them on the line together. Because you if if you have that and I, it, you would then have to be faced with the difficult decision of who you're going to move to the third pairing. But, again, I think that could be like for a first quarter of the season type thing just until those guys get comfortable where they're at. But, I, I honestly, I think that's the way to go. I mean, just it's crazy because like, you're going to take a risk on two guys who you're not sure about, but the guy who you would then be able to afford to bring in is so much better than what we have. I honestly, I think he would probably come in and have the potential of being a first line pair. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I would love, I would love to see him take over Carlson's minutes. I, I would like, ideally, at that point, if you have a John Klingberg, then 
then you can spell Carlson, um, you know, put a little less wear and tear on him, maybe just make him even it, it's been suggested by myself and at least a, another colleague of mine that, you know, maybe you make Carlson a power play specialist specialist strictly like uh, what they did with Mike Green his last two seasons as a capital. And, you know, maybe he could benefit from there, maybe make him fresher. Uh, I don't know. It's an idea. But I think if you reduce his playing time, I think he would actually be a lot more effective on both sides of the puck. You know, but that's that's neither here nor there. But, yeah, I, ideally what you and I just discussed, if they can pull the trigger on that, I think that that would improve the defense a lot. Uh, they're desperately in need of, of getting younger and maybe not, you know, maybe not more skilled, but uh, definitely able to keep up with the the speed requirements of the game. We definitely need better skaters on the back line. It's definitely not what they have right now. So, all right. So I think this is a good place to kind of wind it up here a bit. So we're going to go into the schedule here and go into previews of coming attractions. So they just finished their game against Calgary. They're still on their, their road trip tomorrow evening at eight 30. Uh, they're going to play the Oilers in Edmonton. Uh, Connor McJesus and Herr Goldmeister himself, Leon Dreisaitl. That's going to be one hell of an interesting game now that they have to tweak the defensive core once again. Uh, if it's Bar- that last game, I'll be happy. Yeah, yeah. I, I they, they played – they were able to keep up with them. Um, uh, of course, Evander Kane being out for at least another month or so uh, takes away a dynamic, so not as much of a punch offensively. But if you can limit um, – McDavid and and Dreisaitl to not as many chances and maybe one goal each. I think I think you can stay competitive. I don't know why they're having as bad a year, considering they went all the way to the Western Conference Final last last playoffs. Um, but you know they're not they're not as good this season. So I, I think the Caps can keep up with them if they, you know, make all the right moves like we discussed, go to the net more, create chances. And I'm not saying we can get into a shootout with them, but that that's going to be one hell of an interesting game for sure. Yeah. And well, then Campbell, that's why they're having a bad year. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not going to get into that, but I, I'm not going <laughs> to, yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think, uh, yeah, I, I don't think you're far off there. Um, so uh, the, the next game they have is Wednesday the 7th against Philly. That's going to be another interesting game. The Caps eked out a win against them last time they played. I think they got it. Philly's in a tailspin. Um, I got. I think they got enough to, to beat them, uh, even though they'll play you tough for sure. Uh, John Tortorella coach teams always do. Um, but that that's going to be another game. So I, I'm not going to chalk it up as a win automatically, but that's a game they ought to win for sure because they're, sure. they're basically – Putting out a, you know, a, an AHL plus lineup is, is what they've got pretty much with all they've their injuries. Got, yeah, and they've already got trade rumors circulating. That they're just not a good locker room right now. No, no, not not at all. Un, unfortunately, so uh, then they finally come back home Friday on uh, the ninth, and uh, guess who comes to town? It's the Kraken. Seven o'clock puck drop there at Cap One. And then next week, they got uh, a big full slate of games. Uh, let's see, Winnipeg, Chicago on the road, then back home, or Dallas and Toronto to finish the week back home. Um, those last two, yeah, those, you're talking about two teams that are 
uh, high caliber team. So uh, that's going to be you know, Winnipeg's not doing too badly either. Um, that that's going to be that's going to be a good one. Uh, Chicago ought to be a win, and that so that's uh, that takes them to uh, through the second week of December, uh, and then week before Christmas you've got Detroit, Ottawa, and Winnipeg back home again, uh, and then they go into the Christmas break. So that that's who you that's who they can look at. So I I think if the Caps can stay 500 through all of that, I think hopefully by then you'll have Orlov back, maybe Tom Wilson, and then maybe just maybe the team will start to get back to the way it was. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I could be I wrong. I think they can win four of those games. Yeah, I think at least four or five of those games definitely winnable if they they put. You know, they they put out the sixty minute effort. They could probably steal another game or two out of that. I think five hundred is definitely doable. You know, at this point, when as far as standing points, you you got to do what you can to stop the bleeding and maybe get get ahead a bit. But who knows? Um, Winnipeg, all you have to do is be held. They're the reason they're having such a good year is they're literally riding his play. They actually are lower in league scoring than the Capitals are. So it's not like they have like a potent offense or anything. And I'm not saying you should just discount their offense or their goal scores, but the numbers would suggest that they're not really a high caliber offense. So if you can just, like I said, put the puck on net, you never know what's going to happen. You get a couple of goals. That's an easily winnable game. They've already beat Edmonton this year. So I think they can do that again. And then you said Chicago and uh, Philly. Those are, those are four, I think, that they can win. Uh, Seattle up in the air. And, you know, you never know with Dallas and Toronto. They might lose both of them, but they also got shut out by Dallas the last time they played. So I don't think they're going to want to have a repeat of that type of game. So they might come out and play harder. So who knows? It could be a good couple weeks for them. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there, look, there's there's reason to be optimistic. I think, even though things kind of look pretty bad, as as far as it goes, uh, especially on the in, injury front, I, I get that. I I get all that. I do. But there's there's also a lot of good that can be had. There's teams out there that we just said they can definitely compete with and beat, and there's still a lot of hockey left and I'm not, look, I'm not trying to sell a smoke and mirror type of thing to you here. If you're listening. Okay. But I still don't think it's time to, to, to give up on this team. There'll be time enough in the off season to blow up the roster and think about that. Maybe even the trade, the trade deadline, but, I mean, now now is the time to retool and figure out. Again, I'm I'm looking at you, coaching staff. Maybe figure out what you've got personnel wise and fit the game plan towards what you got. And that that that's what really what they ought to start doing. And even if they don't start doing, there's enough talent on this team to win the majority of the games that are left. And that's that's what they have to do to be competitive. So there's reason to believe. There's reason to hope. Um, it, it does look bad. I won't lie, but, um, there's also this team as it's constructed right now does have the ability to turn it around. I really, I really think they can, um, it's possible that they won't, well, there are no, no two ways about it. They, maybe they can't, but they have the personnel to be able to do it. 
And one of the keys is going to be putting together a 60 minute effort. And if they can finally start to gel, if the coaching staff will let them gel, let them build some chemistry, I think there's a good chance that they can start turning things around. That's that's something to look for here in these next two weeks. You know, look for look for hopefully if if the coaching staff makes enough of an adjustment, the the team will start going to the net a lot more and stop being tentative. If they keep playing their same game, then maybe not so much. And that that's going to be the thing to look for. You're you're uh, trying to be a better fan, you want to be more observant about those things, look for what happens when the Caps gain the zone. Do they stand around and play past the puck, or do they put two men towards the net, or at least one, and, and cause traffic? Look for that. So that that's my advice to you, the Caps fan. Try to, try to you know remove the emotional equation out of it and just be objective and see exactly what how they execute when, once they gain the zone. That is what we need to be looking for. And then you can make your evaluation at that point. And so with that, I will wind it up here. Uh, Jake, did you have anything else to add? Um, other than just, you know, I agree with pretty much everything you said. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate you having me back on. Uh, like I said earlier, we're probably going to have another episode of Sudden Death come out tonight. You guys can find us on Facebook or YouTube with Sudden Death Sports Podcast. And, um, yeah, like you said, man, I'm, I think this next two weeks is probably going to be real defining. Uh, it's kind of, for lack of a better term, you got to kind of go balls to the wall now. And then whenever you get your guys back, have yourself in a position to continue competing they can do that i think they might can turn it around absolutely absolutely couldn't couldn't agree more um okay so so once again it's the it's the sudden death sports podcast i hope i got yes, that sir. okay and and you said you could find that on facebook and youtube yes we have a facebook page up already a youtube page the pages are still kind of new so we're kind of working some tweaks out but uh the more followers we get, we hope to be a little bit more interactive, uh, polls, call-ins, things of that nature. Um, so like I said, we're just getting started. We just put out the first episode a few days ago. I'm probably going to be recording this week's in a couple hours. So, you know, if you guys feel like you want to give us a listen, it's we kind of cover topics all over the place, mostly, like I said, hockey, NFL, yeah, we, we just kind of just try to cover everything. It, it's really one of those things where you just sit down with a friend and the conversation takes off where it goes. And uh, like I said, we'll be doing pickums for guys who are interested in sports betting. Um, shows brought to you by ESB Sports, so we're already working on sponsorships. So, yeah, if you guys awesome. want to give us a look, give us a listen, we'd really appreciate it. Right now is audio only. We are going to be looking to go um, with visual probably after the turn of the calendar but we're just kind of getting our feet wet with it right now and you know if you guys feel like you'd like to give us a listen we'd really appreciate it absolutely absolutely uh always like i said always glad to help out a fellow caps fan uh with with uh with a side project uh especially if it's you know well in some some instance uh, having to do with uh, uh caps hockey anything like that or any or any uh, uh podcast or anything like that 
always always glad to see uh, somebody get that up and running. So uh, glad to give that a plug. And uh, if not being too presumptuous, uh, if you you, ever, you set it up to uh, have call-ins or guests, like you said, uh, hope to be on that. If I'm not insinuating myself too much. <laughs> So. Oh, absolutely. There's there's going to be times where I'm not going to have my co-host or my co-host isn't going to have me. Uh, you know, like you said, with the mermaid being out for a couple weeks. So we're always going to be looking to have well-informed guests on the show. You know, <clears throat> it always makes it better whenever you have good people around you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's uh, that present company definitely included. So once again, that's a sudden death sports podcast. Uh, give give that uh, a plug for uh, my good friend, Jake here, who's starting that up. Give that uh, give that a listen to on Facebook and YouTube. And uh, again, they're recording uh, tonight. They usually record Sundays, as do we. Uh, so, uh, yeah, definitely give that a listen. And um yeah, I, I think you'll find. I only I only had a chance to listen to the fir, the, the latest episode for a few minutes, but uh, I like what I heard so far. But when, when I get a chance, I'm I'm going to get through that and uh, make sure I, I get through all the all future episodes. So yeah, definitely give that a listen, uh, folks out there, uh, because you know it's it's a project by a fellow Caps fan, and uh, so we all need to stick together. Uh, all right, so a little long this week, but I know, but uh, I, I think we had a lot of a lot of good information on there. I, I, again, I don't want to I don't want to sound like I'm selling the hopium here to you guys, but at the same time, I don't think it's time to give up on this team because they still can do a lot. So just just kind of kind of hang in there and and kind of watch with a more objective eye, and I, I think you'll you'll find that. There is a lot of good to find in the game, and it, you know, make you part of the discussion as far as the bad that you do see. Uh, if if there's anything, there's that. So, uh, all right. Well, there, so um, for Jacob Michael, this is the Blue Liner on Point, and remi- reminding you that well, let's, so th- those retro reverse jerseys, reverse retro jerseys are all the all the rage. Of course, uh, the jersey some some call jerseys sweater. So. A sweater I bought recently uh, was picking up a lot of static electricity, so I returned it to the store I I, I bought. And uh, this, this store, uh, I'm, I want to say they they work with me because uh, well, this one, well, they gave it to me free of charge. <laughs> Hallelujah! Oh, and let's go, Caps. Let's go, Caps. This has been another episode of the Power Play Point Podcast. All episodes are available from Apple Podcasts, the Podbean app, blueliner77.podbean.com, and now available from Stitcher. Music by Joe McAllister, voiceover by Jeffrey Conkle. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Power Play Point Podcast. Thanks for listening.